Today we're going to be talking about Overboard and I Kill Giants, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. It's true. And I am here with Matt. I'm not going to make it, hey? No, no. That was a joke from earlier. Okay. And, uh... It's because Matt was a little bit late, but it's fine. Of, I'm yeah. coming straight from work, y'all. Just I'm, It is true. You know. I'm hug, not holding it against hugs you. Hugs and kisses. <laughs> uh, everybody, I'm here with Joel. This girl is on fire. Cunningham. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't embrace that. I'm not going to take that on. I briefly mentioned something about an Alicia Keys song, and then Joel just started singing "This Girl's like On Fire." The most common one that I know by her. That's the only reason. There, I know there's a bazillion. She's super famous and everything. That's just the one that popped in my head. So, <laughs> it's yeah, <all> good. Hey. <laughs> anyway, it's so all good. welcome to the podcast. This is where we talk about Alicia Keys yes. and why she is such a great artist, and hence it's why the real review. Yes. Is the real review. Absolutely. So uh, this is where we talk about films. We talk about <laughs> films a little bit based upon our perspectives. Matt tends to be a bit more of a fan of film, kind of uh, the enjoy of the emotions and the story and how things progress and the mm-hmm. fun. Uh, and I tend to be more of the critic and the kind of like look at it with a fine tooth comb and break things down uh, with structure and plotting and everything. Uh, and we put those thoughts together, give you a real thought and perspective where you can join in on this journey that we are both going on to learn more and see more about film and television. Together, yes. yes. Together, yes. So join for the journey. Matt, why don't you give our uh, journey participants some ways. Journey to, participants. I don't know what the term is for that. Uh, some ways <laughs> to get connected to the podcast. Y'all can get connected with us in a myriad of different ways, one of them being our website, which is realreviewmedia.com, in which you can link into all of our social media uh, outlets, which is facebook.com uh, slash uh, Real Review Media, and then you have Instagram and Twitter at Real Review Media, then youtube.com uh, slash The Real Review. And um, also, you can email us. Let us know what's up. Let us know if there's a movie you liked, if you heard one of our reviews didn't agree, or you did agree. Let us know. Just, we want to hear from you. So email us, ask us questions. Maybe we can actually start answering some questions um, on our show. So yeah, that would actually be a fun idea. That'd be pretty cool. If you got cool. any questions. Uh, yeah, so send them our way just about movies that you've seen or stuff that you predict for future, whether it be something related to Star Wars or the MCU or yes. you know all that stuff. Matt likes to make the predictions. I do too, but yeah. you tend to do it, I think, a bit more I often. I deep dive into that stuff. I yeah. love it. Your most recent prediction is on the upcoming Han Solo solo film. Yeah, I got a good, I got a good feeling about this, just like he says in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, and I just keep saying I wish that it had been just John... Thomas from the Star Wars universe. If it had just been some <laughs> random bloke that I didn't know anything Come about, on. I would have been 10 times more interested. How many people are going to go see John Thomas, a Star Wars story? <laughs> I would be <laughs> more likely to go see John Thomas. I don't know Thomas. about that. Yeah. But anyway, In a galaxy far away, <laughs> John Thomas. John Thomas. <laughs> anyway. Email us your questions and tell us if you're excited to see John Thomas, a Star Wars story. There you go. Directed by Ron Howard slash not... Uh, for Lord and Chris Miller. All right. So anyways, that's anyway. how you can get connected with us. Well, thank you for You're that. welcome. You're so welcome. let's get into it. Let's start talking about some podcast films. Uh, we have two films, as mentioned, we're going to be talking about. We're going to start off with our first one that I had a chance to see. Yes. It's a film called Overboard. 
This is a remake, right? This is a remake. Let me give right. so I'll give the description and then we'll kind of get into a little bit here. Uh, in a splashy new twist, who get it? Ooh. Overboard focuses on Leonardo, played by Eugenio Derbez, uh, a selfish, spoiled, rich playboy from Mexico's richest family, and Kate, played by Anna Faris, a working class single mom of three, hired to clean Leonardo's luxury yacht. After unjustly firing Kate and refusing to pay her, Leonardo falls overboard when parting too hard and wakes up on the Oregon coast with amnesia. You know, long story short, Kate, Kate then basically ends up pretending like she's his wife and then tricks him into doing all this servitude type stuff mm-hmm. uh, in order to pay off the debt that she accrued when uh, he threw her overboard and all of her gear for Seems shady. Not her. Yes, a little bit shady. Directed <laughs> by Rob Greenberg, written by a few people. Uh, Rob Greenberg, Bob Fisher, Leslie Dixon. Uh, it stars, as mentioned, uh, Eugenio Derbez. Uh, I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but I don't know. Anna Ferris, Eva Longoria, uh, Mel Rodriguez, John Hanna, Josh Shagara, and Swoosie Kurtz. I've seen her in a few things, but I haven't seen anything uh, that she's been in for a while. So, I uh, I actually remember the first Overboard. Okay, yep. I don't know if you Goldie got a Hawn. chance to say, yeah, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Kate Russell. Hudson. Kate Hudson's uh, parents? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And um, I remember watching it in kind of even at a young age. I saw it, I think, first time when I was like maybe 11. And kind of realized that it, it, it kind of had one of those feelings of like a straight to DVD or, well, at the time, straight to VHS <laughs> type movie. Yeah. Um, Betamax. But overall, I enjoyed it because I tend to like kind of fish out of water stories. Um, and I like redemptive like stories. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, I like, yes. Uh, stories about people being taken out of one type of lifestyle and being put into an extremely different one and then mm-hmm. of them sort of overcoming, having right. to learn how to deal with it. And I think the strength of that original movie wasn't in the humor. It wasn't in really anything beyond just the simplicity of the plot and the two main characters. The relationship between the yeah, two. Yeah, they had the Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn at the time were together. I think they're still together. I don't know. Maybe they broke up. Uh, they were they were together, so they were they were bows. And there was some real actual tension. There was some real actual romantic tension on screen. Even as a kid, I could feel that. <laughs> and um, there was a real strong line and understanding of the the stakes that were kind of at play with the original film of, of what they were going for. Um, and the kids, although they were kind of frustrating and annoying, that was the role that they were supposed to play in the film, is that they were annoying little brats that needed to grow up because they didn't have somebody to like teach them how to be a better right. person. So... Overall, the first film, it wasn't an amazing film, but I enjoyed it. And kind of has, I wouldn't say a cult following, but it's kind of like a simple little fun film that people can watch and you can just kind of zone out to and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some good moments and stuff. And uh, so I was actually really surprised when I heard they were doing a remake because it was like, why? Everybody was clamoring for it. You don't yeah. remember hearing about that? Everybody, <laughs> Everybody was like, a, we need an overboard. We need remake. an overboard and we need Anna Faris to be in there. And we need this. <laughs> we need this. So <laughs> I... I wasn't planning on actually seeing this. I'm not going to lie because I felt like the first one was fine. And I generally don't like to give into Hollywood when they do this type of thing mm-hmm. where they're just really cashing in on modern sensibilities in the sense that they're like flipping the dichotomy yeah. between the guy and the girl. But also and taking th- a bit of that nostalgia piece. Right. Too. And then they're yep. taking the huge nostalgia aspect of it being a, a film from the past. Um, but I needed to watch a film. You, you had to watch a film. <laughs> had yeah. to watch a film. So I went and saw this and... Um, wasn't super happy. I didn't enjoy it a lot. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, 
I like, and here's some of the stuff. This this movie got the most money this weekend, right? It was a it was a take. Really? No, I'm like, wow! I did not look at Box Office Mojo and find that oh, out. What was but... that other movie that came out a couple weeks ago? That's still oh yeah, like probably something with superheroes. Oh, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Anyway, the the two main actors in this, I, I'm I'm a fan of for the most part with their acting careers. Yeah. Um, Anna Faris and Eugenio Derbez, uh, they both can be really funny and uh, just y- friends. Yeah. I love that. Anna Faris in that movie is great. Yeah. So, was she in that one? Yeah, she's the like singer, the pop singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the other girl. Sorry. No, she's hilarious in that movie. Yeah, she plays this really like like stupid but kind of funny, good-hearted but also bad-hearted character in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does it so perfectly. And this film, I think actually, the sad thing was, I actually think it did a disservice by flopping the the roles, the roles. Oh, okay. um i think she actually would have made a much funnier kind of like heiress type girl and being like no oh, i'm too good for everybody that's yeah. around me yeah um whereas he would have played a much better kind of like just whatever guy living a normal life right i think the big thing though one of the big things about this movie and i mentioned this with goldie hahn and kurt russell there was chemistry with those two these two really i just did not have any sense of any chemistry forming between the two of these like mm. this did not make any sense i i could not see the two of them ever really realistically getting together even outside the of the five-year-old movie version of you yes even the five- romantic <laughs> chemistry between goldie hahn and kurt russell you couldn't see that between uh, these two. 11 okay. you know okay. so, yeah oh, 11 whatever. yeah um <laughs> yeah i these two just there was no sense of any chemistry happening between the two it literally felt like they were taking a role and they were playing a role and trying to eventually have it you know, come together. And they did some weird stuff, and I'll kind of spoil this a little bit. Like, if you don't want any spoilers, maybe skip ahead. But It's a remake of a movie that's in existence yeah, for 30 years. So. But they tried to, <laughs> they tried to, yeah, spoilers for the original Overboard. Yeah. Sorry if I spoil anything there. Um, they tried to tie it very closely to the original, even to the point where they set this one in the same town as mm. the original movie, and they even talk about the events very briefly, but they talk about the events of the original Overboard in this movie. Really? Yeah, and I was, I was, I was waiting for some sort of tie-in. I was huh. waiting to find out, like, oh, this is actually their like granddaughter, you know, or so, something like that. Doing the same thing, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn show up. I like, was expecting one of them yeah. to be honestly. I was expecting that to happen at some point. It never <laughs> did, and I was actually kind of disappointed about that because I was like, well, that would be kind of neat. I guess it's kind of like a follow-up to the main story, right? Um. But they they tied so many like there's this whole like thing about Arturo which they twisted around and made into the stupid thing. Uh, there's some of the exact same plot beats of like you know things that they say and the way that they act at certain times. Um, I found this one to be much more mean spirited. Ooh. Um, the first one definitely had some mean spiritedness. Sure. But you really get a sense at the very beginning of the film with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's character that they just are like oil and water. I mean, they're just right, like, right, right. really, because he's just complete country bumpkin, you know, lives out in the boonies, middle of nowhere. Whereas Anna Ferris is kind of just like your everyday girl in this. Like, she's she's down on her luck in the sense financially, mm-hmm. um, but she she has a good heart, she wants to do the right thing, and she's just overwhelmed. Yeah. And Eugenio is kind of the same. Like, it's more like he's just lived in this circumstance where it's kind of made him a bit of a butt towards people and self-centered. But he's got like, he's generally like he talks through the beginning and they're kind of like nice to each other and everything. And then he says some stuff that's rude. And then it's kind of like he throws over the board and throws in the water, which doesn't make any sense, but it, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> um, And then she proceeds to, and I will also say this, the first movie in a way, although a stretch made sense that 
this could realistically happen. But living in the culture where we live now, with the internet, with social media, this would have been so impossible for something like yeah, this. Yeah, there would have to, been some record of like who this person was, pictures of this 100%. person. hundred yeah, percent. They yeah. would have been, and he is the the heir, he's the son of the third richest guy in the entire world. There would have been a way that they would have tracked him down. They would mm-hmm. have had people, because they, they make the, this, and again, I'm spoiling stuff here, but they make the idea that he, he falls overboard and then he just disappears. And then his daughter, or his sister, sorry, who wants to take over the company instead of him, mm-hmm. pretends like he died. Okay. Um, but, they don't investigate it all. They don't figure out the circumstances of it. There's no like, you know, sweeping of the wire. There's no, nothing happens. It's literally she just goes, says he's dead, and comes back with ashes that aren't even his. And then that's just it. Ha- and it's like they would have social media. Oh, they yeah. would have, you know, you would have Facebook accounts and Twitters and Instagrams. And the, there's the just Twitters. so much. Yeah, the Twitters. There's just so <laughs> much chronicling of history that would have had to have taken place. Wikipedia. Yeah. Come on. So I don't know. So it just felt a little bit more of a stretch to okay. try and believe that they could yeah. fake this Suspend guy being your disbelief a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing, and just the fact that, like, I don't know, I'm not going to go into that too far, but okay. um, the mean spiritedness really played in the sense that, like, she treats him like crud. I mean, she tells him that he can't have kids, uh, that he used to be fat. Uh, <laughs> she makes him sleep in a shed and pee in a bottle, uh, just. All this, like, and just for basically not paying her and throwing her overboard. It's retribution is what it is. But, like, it's more than retribution. It goes to the extent of, like, torture. And you know, she makes him work, like, three jobs, <laughs> cook and clean the house, basically do everything for her. And she, yeah, she still kind of, like, runs a job and studies. But it's just she treats him, like, so awful. So by the end of the movie, to me, it didn't, like, in the first film, it made sense that, Goldie Hawn kind of ends up falling in love with Kurt Russell one because he's like such a charming fellow. Oh, yeah. But additionally, she really understood through interacting with him and through interacting with the kids that her life had a lack of purpose. It had a lack of meaning. It had a lack of um, connection and depth. She was a bored, you know, heiress in the first movie, and he expanded her life. He added to it and grew her into a person that really could care about people and wasn't so egotistical and self self centered right. and pompous. Whereas with this movie. He learns that, yeah, he's maybe a little bit self-centered and egotistical during the flip when he kind of like realizes finally what's going yeah. on. But it didn't really, it, there was no real reason that it felt like he needed to stay with Anna Ferris. The kids weren't, in a sense, as impacted by him as it felt like in the first movie. His life wasn't anywhere near as like, like they, they improved each other's lives. Okay. They made things better for each other. She, in the original movie, Goldie Hawn encourages Kurt's character to really branch out and take on new opportunities. She organizes his house and makes him feel like he can actually accomplish things, but he's still working really hard. He's you know, taking on two jobs. Whereas right. this movie, it just felt like Anna Ferris is like, I'm just exhausted. I have a lot of stuff going on and I can't make ends meet. I'm just going to make this guy my slave <laughs> and force him to do all this horrible labor and stuff for me. <laughs> so was it funny? And, I, and no. <laughs> it wasn't funny. And that's, that was the that was I felt the like that's what they were going for too. Right. Was and that was the thing that kind of killed it. Okay. Like I can put up with a lot of that other stuff and I think it's fine. I think and this is, you know, a judgment of potentially people's perspectives on life and family and things. And I'm not married, I don't have kids, and I know that a lot of people these days operate with like the two household incomes and stuff. And I'm not saying that there's like a path that families mm-hmm. have to go down. But the first movie made a lot of sense because there was an area in Kurt Russell's life with family, with mm-hmm. his kids, with his house, with his homemaking, 
that he couldn't do. He wasn't capable of doing. He wasn't right. raised in that kind of society or that mindset, yep. whatever you want to call it. And she very neatly and perfectly kind of fit in to that thing where it felt like with this movie, they were searching for areas that he would fill into. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, and the humor wasn't there. <laughs> no. I think I chuckled like twice. There was a couple moments where there was kind of a back and forth type thing that happened, but nothing about none of the, the, the hijinks and like uh, Leonardo's character has a lot of like pratfall type moments. None of the pratfall type stuff landed for me. Really? It made me laugh. No. Just like he'd fall over and be like, "Yeah, he, he would." You just be kind of like, "Okay, well, I feel bad for that <laughs> guy," because you feel like he's kind of like, "I, I felt like I, I connected with him," and I'm like, "Wow, I feel really bad for this guy," and I'm sorry, but realistically, into this group, this is gonna sound really probably awful, but I feel like if this guy were to find out, like, "Hey, I've got tons of money, I've got a yacht, I've got a company I can take over." I think he would have just left. I don't right. think he would. Yeah. They had to for movie sake, but I don't think realistically he would have come back to her because I don't think that's the thing with the first movie. I felt like in the first movie, Goldahan realized that there was a lot of elements that she really not just learned about herself, but she connected to in Kurt's family that she gained from being a part of his family. Whereas I don't think Leonardo really had that experience. Right. It was more of just like he learned not to be self-centered. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Yeah. You know, they try to do a thing with cooking where he's like, he's learning how to be like a a really good cook and stuff, a chef. Yeah. Yeah. So not a great time. I think the extended cast did their best with it. Um, Mel Rodriguez kind of had a couple of lines that were more funny. Like he was the, the, probably the more humorous out of everything. Okay. Uh, Even Longoria was just kind of there. She didn't really do anything. Yeah. She was like the, she was married to Mel and they're best friends with Anna Faris' character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was just, it, well, it it really felt like an unnecessary movie. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. Well, it came in second this weekend. Well, behind. out of everything else, there's not much else that really <laughs> came true. out. Hey, uh, by the way, A Quiet Place is still in third. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. I'm like still that. not going to plan on You should go watch it. Ah. I love it. It's my favorite movie of the year so far. I'm just not ready for the jumps. Okay. It's the It'll jumps. It'll be fine. Just whatever. I'm waiting for it to come out at home so I can turn the volume way down and just and I know something yeah. scary is going to happen. And Turn on subtitles even though <laughs> makes only Makes you sound like, like such a child. <laughs> a paragraph of dialogue in the whole movie. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. What's your, so, what's your breakdown of this thing? Uh, my movie rating, I'm giving this one a 73. So 70, C- 73. Like a C-. Yeah, 72, 73. Okay. Kinda, I gotcha. It's shot decently well. It's acted okay. Although Eugenio, I felt like he was just kind of eh in okay. the film. E. But yeah, it, the whole thing just kind of felt meh. felt unnecessary. It didn't like anger me beyond the little stuff that I felt like they had added that was unnecessary but yeah okay an yeah, unnecessary yeah. remake so it sounds sequel. like it's like a sequel but it, and they're doing this sometimes now where they they create a movie by the same name but mm-hmm. it's like it's like a sequel it could have been something they did that with Ghostbusters or like too. a remake yeah exactly yeah. you know it's like I, I, don't, I don't get it yeah exactly yeah well they did it with another movie I'm trying to think um, like The Thing I don't know if you remember that it was a prequel. It was like a prequel, but it yeah. also had the name the thing. Right. And it's just like, what why why are you just why don't you just call it something else? I don't know. Like before the thing. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> they could have called it like even more overboarder. Right. <laughs> overboarder. <laughs> yeah. Or just bored. Ha ah, I like see it. that. Just I gotcha. Overboard cut out yeah, the see that, over. See that there? I should I should name movie titles. Or just over it. Should name movies. Over it. You should. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> before we get too far down this horrible bunny trail. Uh, okay. Why don't we get to your movie? Yeah. 
let's talk about it. let's talk about I Kill Giants. Uh, this is more of an independent release that I was kind of interested in seeing. Um, the synopsis has it as Barbara Thorson struggles through life by escaping into a fantasy life of magic and monsters. Hmm. Um, and, and really to kind of expound on that because these descriptions are usually never that good. It's it's more about this young girl who's trying to cope with different things in her life um by living a life immersed almost like uh she's in D&D basically Dungeons and Dragons. Gotcha. Um so uh to give you a breakdown this was uh directed by Anders Walter. Um stars uh, a lot of people I've never seen before what with the exception of a couple people I have seen. So Madison Wolf is the main character. Then you have Zoe Saldana, who we all know, uh, as Gamora. And then we have Imogen Poots, uh, Sydney Wade, Rory Jackson. <laughs> I'll not... Just to clarify, uh, she's not Gamora in this movie. No. <laughs> Although that would have been a good tie-in. It would have made sense, though, if she's like in this mystical world in her head. Anyway, that would have been fun. I would have. Yeah. Um, I might have watched it. But but here's the thing that I can say with this movie. I thought this movie was just okay. Um, I, we're kind of feeling similar on what the movies that we saw this week. And this movie is trying so hard. Now, I didn't know this till after, but it's based off of a comic book run, apparently, in okay. 2008 or so, uh, by the same name, but it's not really the same. Um, basically, this movie is like a... It's trying... It's like it watched the movie A Monster Calls, which is an excellent movie from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and is trying to do the same thing that a monster calls did, but not nearly as effective. Okay. Um, so for for reasons that you don't really that you don't really learn about until maybe the last act of the movie, uh, this this girl, Barbara, is obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons. She she is uh, incredibly rude to everybody because she sees herself as more knowing and knowledgeable to every than everybody else, and doesn't just sees herself above them because and she doesn't really you know bullies pick on her, but she like doesn't care. She's like you don't know anything, and which I can't stand. When so kids basically, are like that. so basically, she um, and that's my first problem with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, she ends up she she in her mind she kills giants, and it's related to uh, stuff that's going on in her life. And, and you got to, you got to go into this movie. It's knowing it's not a genre film. So it's not like, um, it's not a monster movie. It's a drama in a way that a monster calls is a drama. Um, and it looks like an action. It's kind of like spoiling, but not spoiling a little bit. Hmm. Um, there are some actiony elements, but the movie isn't crystal clear on what exactly is like, is this, is this self-projected? You know, is this something that she's dealing with trauma with, or is this something that's actually happening that she's actually seeing? I tend to lean towards the first one, yeah. but um, there is some debate among what this is. So the problem with this movie is right up front, you, the main character is so dislikable. <laughs> like you just do not like her at all. She's not compelling. She's rude to everybody. Um, I like some of the, the mythology stuff that she talks about and goes through with giants and all that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but she's unlikable. There's a person that she meets right at the beginning of the movie that they kind of become friends just by default because the person just moved there from England. Yeah. And, um, Oh, you talk like this, bro. It's kind of, they mentioned that she's like, I like the way you talk and like that kind of thing. And it's, 
but she's like rude to her at first too. And the girl's just like, well, I don't know anybody else. So I'll just hang out with you, you know? And, and it's really forced and just like an awkward, like weird friend relationship. And, and the girl is just rude. And then you have, um, uh, Zoe Saldana's character, who's like a counselor at the school, who's trying to get through to her and be like, hey, you know, this stuff isn't real. It's in your mind and all this. And and there's some like questions back and forth on that throughout the whole film. But it's just it's just so like mediocre. It won't commit to it fully. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that j- was hard for me, they, they give you a little bit more to like about the character too late in the movie. Yeah. I feel like. And they just started you off like, wow, this... She she must be going through some tough stuff, but she is so dislikable. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. You have to like in a movie with curmudgeon-y type characters, mm-hmm. you really have to surround them with like everyday kind of people a right. lot of the time. Otherwise, you're just like, who am I connecting to in this film? Like a film like as good as it gets. Right. I don't know if you remember that, but like mm-hmm. he plays such a jerk and, and, right. and completely different genre of film <laughs> and everything. But you know, he's surrounded by people that recognize that he's a jerk and they're trying to change him. You know what I mean in the in the course of that yeah. film. So in you can't. It's I don't know. It's tough when you have a kid in this type of film because the 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 idea in most kid films is like the kid is always right in mm-hmm. these types of films, and I can't stand that. Yeah, it's like sometimes the kids need to be wrong, and that's one of the things that I loved about a Monster Calls. Right. Yep. It, the kid was in the wrong right, a right, lot right, of that right, movie, right. and he has to deal with the repercussions of right, that. Exactly. So, um, there's even a line where this girl is like, is like, I don't have many friends. Most people are dumb anyway. And like, she's like, you know, yeah. like kind of a thing. And in the script, they probably treat it like, yeah, they are. Like they mm-hmm. actually are. She's justified in feeling that way. Right. That's kind of the vibe that I got from it. Um, the the movie was shot well. There's some really cool imagery uh, when it comes to some of the giants. It looks like stuff. it. Yeah, I'm seeing some. Yeah, of the there's shots some there's some really cool imagery. Uh, a lot of it is reminiscent of a monster calls. Actually, kind of gray skies, bleak and like foresty and trees. Yeah. and stuff like that. And um and some of the some of the um, CG looked really good. Some of it didn't look very good. Hmm. Um, it's kind of a mix. It's a little bit low budget of a film. That's probably why. Um, <laughs> But uh, as a whole, it was just it was just kind of disappointing. I felt like it was trying too hard to be a monster calls without kind of creating its own thing, yeah. um, and it's not nearly as heart wrenching as that movie is. <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't know. Just kind of it was acted all right. Yeah. Um, Do you think if they had switched tw- switched around the lead, it would have made for a better movie? Like, do you think that would have? projected into maybe a higher echelon or like what held this back maybe from being a higher quality for me personally my biggest thing is i have to have a connection to whoever the this the the story is focusing on or have it sooner than later uh the example kind of like what you were talking about with as good as it gets another one is um darkest hour Mm -hmm. uh, because dude churchill was curmudgeon to the max in the movie but you kind of like see him in like and you get on board with him eventually. Yeah. This one you kind of get on board with her a little bit, but not really. Yeah. Um, they don't they don't commit fully to it to to bring you on board to kind of sympathize and empathize with what she's going through. You do a little bit, but not fully. At least for me, I didn't feel like it was there, and it was too late, way too late before they started kind of bringing you in. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff was cool. Mythology stuff was cool. Um, some of the design uh, stuff on the creatures was pretty cool. Nothing like crazy that I haven't seen before. Very again, monster calls ish. Mm. Um, but other than that, it, it was 
it was meh. I don't know. I was disappointed. I, I was. It looked really cool from the trailers, and there's some people giving it really great reviews. Yeah, it's um, doing decent on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me see here. Right, seventy-seven. Yeah, it's got an audience score ninety percent. I see. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe maybe I'm broken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe then not a lot of people have seen it. There's only about twelve hundred reviews on it for okay, which isn't a ton. I mean, it's some, but okay. Not a ton. I don't know. I just so was turned off by just the way that this main character was portrayed at the very beginning. I was like, come on, this is crazy. Yeah. Anyways, um, visually cool stuff. I did like that. It's probably the best part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, positives. Um, some of the mythology stuff was really cool. I did appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it. I, I don't know. Is there any questions or anything you can think of? No, no, I, I think I, it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seventy, okay. C minus, um, which is fair. Yeah, I, I, so there there was 1,200 user reviews. Yeah, uh, for actual reviews from like critics, 44. Okay, they got it about a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, so I got gotcha. you. Average user ranking, so that's kind of right in the range. Yeah, maybe the whole time. Maybe it's because the whole time there's so much that's in tone the same as a monster calls. That I was just comparing it the whole time. Maybe. Maybe these people didn't see a monster calls, which is a superior film in my opinion. Or they've seen so many movies they've forgotten about it or something. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was just like, man, this is trying so hard to do it, and it's yeah. not. It's trying to imitate it, and I don't know. It just wasn't. It wasn't I'm actually, I, I'm actually intrigued enough. I think based on what you're saying, to maybe check it out. Okay. Just to see in comparison if. If I can compare and contrast, yeah. kind of, or if it just stands on its own or yeah. something. Yeah, something like that. So, cool. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got. Any, about. Anything else? No, that's it. 70, 70, so C minus. Cool. Well, with that, then we're going to go ahead and wrap things up on the podcast. I uh, want to remind you again, some ways to get connected. We have our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Media. We also have our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Media. As always, spelled real, R-E-E-L. Uh, we also have our website, which is realviewmedia.com. Did I already say that? Yeah. I said it twice. Something like that. It's all I'm good. Looping People can myself. always know. Where we're at. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we do have a YouTube page as well where yep. we post video reviews, uh, youtube.com slash The Real the Review. review. Yep. yep. And then as Matt mentioned, we would love to get some questions and thoughts and perspectives from you, something that maybe we could spend some time answering on the podcast here. Uh, send us some emails, realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Yep. Tell us how excited you are to see yes. John Thomas, a solo Star Wars story. <laughs> <Something John. like laughs> I way to call it yep. back. I John totally Thomas. forgot about that. Yeah. Uh JT. The other thing I was gonna mention about overboard, I totally forgot about this. There's a boat. No, they it felt like they were trying to do this huge amount of tie-in to like Latin culture. Oh, really? Yeah. To the point where it was like it felt very forced. Like mm. a lot of the dialogue was Spanish. They went to a lot of like Spanish restaurants. A lot of the humor and the family drama was like all Spanish influenced. And it just, it felt like they were trying to make like almost a Latin America and America film. I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to do really well um, overseas. I wouldn't be surprised that either. Not even overseas, but just Latin America. Yeah. So I think that- um, It made sense. It just, it felt forced. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look like it's opened yet, but should. Yeah. Anyways. But that was another thing that kind of worked against it. It felt very forced. I'm fine with, you know, the crossover Latin American culture. It just was like, you're- forcing these aspects to be in there versus just letting it naturally happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, no, that's it. All right. Well, it's been real. It's been real.